Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. 
now.
Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Like rain washing my eyes. 
God is upon you because he has anointed you to preach good news he has sent you to the poor to find up the broken hearted Freedom to the captain Release the one
Okay, everybody, welcome to Prayer International Radio. For those of you who've been listening for the last few minutes, um, I preached a really awesome sermon that you didn't hear. It turns out I was muted, so <laughs> thanks for Chris for listening tonight. And, um, he said you should just start over and, you know, when you're in a flow, you never know how that's going to work. Um, so let me start this a different way um, tonight. Um, Father, give us grace, Father. Pour out your grace into our lives. Give us wisdom and revelation to hear your voice, Father. Holy Spirit, take your words and make them alive to us tonight. Fill us overflowing with your spirit. Fill us overflowing with your joy and peace. Jesus, you said that your peace you give to us, not as the world gives, but we know your scripture declares that in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And that there's peace in the presence of of the Lord. So, um, so the other day, um, I was doing a job. Um, I did computer work and went to this lady's house and spent about two hours talking about the Lord. And, you know, one of the things we're talking about is what the scripture declares um, about how he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Not just one or two not just the great ones, not just the people with titles and positions, but all should come to the Lord. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Regardless of their sin, regardless of what they've done, because the Bible says sin is sin, um, says we've all sinned and fallen short the glory of God. It says our righteousness is like filthy rags. And something we were talking about was the fact that, you know, he said that he's not willing that any should perish, but also come to repentance. And, you know, I've heard people preach on um, predestination, that the Lord knows exactly who and what and when, and if you're going to be saved, you're going to be saved, and if you're not, there's nothing you can do about it, which I don't entirely agree upon. Um, I don't entirely agree upon a lot of things that I hear, including from pastors and I'm not saying that to to mean pastors or anything, but, you know, the Bible says that you don't need a teacher for the same Holy Spirit that dwells in you will teach you concerning all things. And the first voice you should always listen to in your pursuit of him should be his word, you know, and not to sound offensive, even though it may. um, So I, I don't mean it this way. I say this out of love is a problem I've always had with Catholicism, for example, is that the end result always points you to a man to hear the voice of God for you. Um, If you have sins, go confess them to this man, and then he'll tell you if you're forgiven and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Christianity is no difference because we look to prophets and preachers um, to tell us what the Word of God says to tell us what his 
will is for our lives and what his will is for the world. And while in both those scenarios they're partially true, because the Bible does say confess your sins to one another, and, you know, the Father also elected leaders. He put men in positions and gave gifts and put people in those roles. But those roles and those positions were not meant to be substitutes for his voice. Your pastor should not be a substitute for your own ability to hear the voice of the Lord. Your first source to hear the voice of God should be God, should be his word, should be his scripture. You can listen to someone else, and I've said this many times on this broadcast, you can listen, you can always listen to someone else declare to you the word of God. You can always pick up a tape or a CD or turn on the television or the radio and hear some evangelist or preacher declare to you some revelation they receive from the Lord. And it's going to be awesome, and it, and it can change your life. But the revelations that will really change your life are the ones that the Lord reveals to you when you open up the Scripture and you open up your heart and you yield your spirit to him and allow him to reveal himself to you, which is what he longs to do. He longs to reveal himself to you. He longs to speak to you. Regardless of if you're old, regardless of if you're young, if you're a teacher, a doctor, a nurse, or whatever your profession is, whatever you do for a living, wherever you go to church, whatever country you're living in, it's his will to reveal himself to you. Paul said that I lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus first laid hold of me. He's already pursued you. He's been pursuing you since before you were formed in your mother's room, as Jeremiah said. Or it says in the book of Jeremiah, before you were formed, I knew you. He had a plan and a purpose for your life. Now, that being said, just because the Father has a purpose for your life doesn't mean you're going to fulfill the purpose that he has for you. Just because the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, doesn't mean that he's going to get his way. Because there's many people across this world who will live their entire lives and have never heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people who die every minute of the day, and not every person who dies has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, whether because their hearts have been hardened by the world, because there's always two voices speaking. There's his voice, and there's the world. And whatever you fill yourself up with is what's going to fill you. And so we face this battle, two battles. The first battle we face as Christians, believers, regardless of what denomination or anything you're a part of, you know, I've gotten to the point where, you know, the church, the body of Christ, he's the head. Um, we so easily like to separate ourselves into denominations and cliques and groups and say we're Christians or Episcopalians or Catholics or Mormons or whatever you want to claim that you are. 
Paul said, is Christ divided? You know, I baptize some, some some other people baptized, but it's all about Christ. We were all baptized into his death and risen in his resurrection. The name that we should name is Christ Jesus. We belong to him. We are, if you even want to use the term Christians, we are children of God. The Bible says all all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And part of that new identity is the never-ending pursuit of the one who first pursued us to lay hold of him, to lay hold of the knowledge and revelation of the love of Christ, the love of God in Christ Jesus, whereas he poured out himself for our sins. Not that so we could just have a happy dance and say we're going to heaven now, this is great, but so much more that we can know him that we could have experience and encounter with him in everything we do. The Bible says to present yourselves as a living sacrifice. Step one is always to know him. Step one is from the minute you wake up, to the minute you go to bed to know that he's real, to know that he loves you, to know that he desires to have intimacy with you, to speak to you concerning the things of his heart. That's what he said the Holy Spirit searches the things of God and reveals them to us. Says the Holy Spirit takes the witness Jesus and declares it unto us. It says that the Holy Spirit is our guarantee of this inheritance we have until the redemption of the purchased possession. And you know, the second battle we fight is not for us, but it's for everybody else who's out there. For all those in this world, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, who still haven't heard about him, And we can easily go about our day, walk through our lives, and not really pay attention to anybody else, live under the impression that we're saved, our family saved, and not really have to worry that there's generations of people who are dying without him because no one's told them. Jesus himself said to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would raise up workers because the harvest is plentiful. And, you know, at my job, one thing my boss always tells us is that in life there's things you can control, things that are completely outside of your control. And that's pretty much it. And there's so many things that you can't, you have no control over. But then there's the things that you do, and those are the things that you worry about. And if you live your life as a Christian, as a believer, you can't go to every country. 
you can't speak to every person who lived. But what you can do is that the Bible, as the Bible says, is to come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need. To stand before him in your prayer closet, in the secret place, and declare his word over the nations. To break down strongholds. To loose the chains on people, on nations. Paul said that we're fighting a spiritual fight. He said, we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age who war for control so that people's eyes would not be opened so that their hearts would be hardened from the one true God. You know, when I was a kid, um, I heard this sermon and this pastor was talking about the Titanic that sunk. A famous ocean liner sunk and hundreds, thousands of people died. And there was this pastor on board who actually turned out had a spot on one of the life rafts. And when it came time for him to get in the life raft, he said no. And he said, I'm going to stay here when as many people as I can to the Lord because I know where I'm going. And as the Titanic was sinking, he was still on the deck holding the hands of crew members and passengers, praying the prayer of salvation as people were desperately wanting to give their lives to him. And the thought is, the only thing that's better than going to heaven is to be able to take people with you. The only crown we have is him. And our love for him should translate into a love for the world. The Bible says he who doesn't love his brother doesn't have the love of the Father in him. And you can't love him without loving his children, even those who don't know who they're his children, even those who have been deceived, who live whichever way they want, because they don't know. And that's where we come in, in our prayers and our intercessions and our groanings before the Father, praying and interceding for the nations to be saved praying for him to raise up children and old people and young people to preach the gospel in season and out of season, to declare to the ends of the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. A missionary named David Hogan said about when he was speaking about Mexico, he said there's entire areas and these remote tribes and villages where no one's ever preached the gospel. And there's demonic principalities set up in these realms and in these places. Not because they have any power, because Jesus already took all the power. He said, all power in heaven has been given to me, and he gave it to us. And he said, go preach the gospel. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And he said, all that's missing is someone to step in there and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
all that's missing, once you know him, is to step up and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord in every place, in every situation. But you're never going to be able to get to that place of boldness and without being filled with his spirit, without first having an encounter with him to where your life means nothing and you realize that your old life is gone and that you were purchased with a price and your life belongs to him. And you finally realize That he gave everything to give us life, to know us, to reveal himself to us as a father who loves his children. He said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. In Jeremiah 33.3, says in Corinthians, I have not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Because regardless of what we think, regardless of what we believe, it doesn't change the fact of who he is. You can't negate the goodness of God by your disbelief. All you can do is put yourself in a position not to take advantage of it. If his children, the church of God, only knew the power and the name of Jesus, if we only knew the power and the blood of Jesus break strongholds to set the captives free, to change lives and generations and cities and nations. But you need to spend time with him. You need to get in your Bible and have him give you revelation, have him give you understanding, have him give you insight, have his Holy Spirit Reveal the word of God to you to give you revelation until that word becomes a fountain inside of you that's overflowing, bringing life to everyone it touches. You know, I have been a Christian for a majority of my life, and I'm firmly convinced that the gifts and the callings and you know, the, the ministries and all those things that people love to have, the positions. You know, we all love to have positions and trying to get that place of honor at the table. And sometimes we act like someone begging at the table for just more scraps. Because if we think if we try harder, then the gifts will come and the works of Jesus will happen. But I think that if we learn to dwell in him, to enter into his rest, to become that resting place for God and the spirit where we don't have to go to a temple or a church because we realize we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the church of the living God. And our place isn't always sitting at the pew 
or in his seat, but our places before him and our places out in the world declaring his love to the nations. And once you spend time with him, once you have his word inside of you, you can't help but change everyone around you. You can't help but touch people that you come in contact with. You know, Peter would walk down the street after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and people would rush out to bring their sick, and just so Peter's shadow could touch them. And, you know, I, I would think more more likely, or I would think that more than likely what happened is Peter wasn't really paying attention to them. He was just paying attention to his Lord, going about his daily business, whatever he was doing, whether he's going back to the fishing boat or going to to wherever to preach the gospel. And, you know, his very life emanated, emanated the presence of the Most High because it was the one thing he was most aware of. And so he lived in the presence of God. He lived in the knowledge of the Most High who puts his banner over us. And that very presence that overshadowed him became a presence all around him so that people, even touching his shadow, would be healed. Not so they could say that Peter was great, but they could see the works of the Lord. And know that there is still a God in Israel. Know that there's still a God in the United States. Know that there's still a God in Africa and Russia and China. And how long will the body of Christ be content on scraps from the table without realizing that they belong at the table? blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That we have a commission and a calling to a number one walk in his presence to know the Lord, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And number two, to become his ambassadors. When will we stop settling for the scraps wanting this prophet or this person to declare to us the word of God? And when will we learn to sit at the table with our Father and hear from his voice ourselves? Because the right you have as a believer in Christ Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit is to know his voice. To be filled with his spirit. To know the heart of God. The biggest problem Christianity and the church faces is not believing the scriptures. Just in the same way that the disciples really at times couldn't understand Jesus himself. Who is the word. John said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus said, how long have I been with you? And you still say, show me the Father. 
because they still couldn't see the love of God through Christ Jesus. Father, tonight, for anybody who's listening, Lord, no matter where they're at, what time zone, what country, Father, begin to pour out your love into their hearts. As the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, that the eyes of their hearts would be flooded with light, that they would know the hope of this calling. Father, that they would know the exceeding greatness of your power toward us through belief. Father, that we as a body would know what your inheritance in the saints is. Father, too often we have our eyes on ourselves and what we're doing and what we want without being mindful of your heart. Lord, put your desires in our hearts. Put your visions and your dreams inside of us. Father, cause us to walk in your way. Write upon our hearts your words. Open our ears that we can hear your voice, Lord. Holy Spirit, reveal to us the heart of the Father for our own lives, for our families, for the nations and the kingdoms of this earth, Lord. Give us boldness to proclaim your word to the nations. Father, take our minds to heavenly places. Father, that we can begin to see the world time itself through your eyes. Your word declares that you have put eternity on the hearts of men. Father, begin to reveal to us eternity. Eternity with you, Father, and burn into our hearts what eternity without you would be. Father, that we would begin to have compassion on those who don't know you. On all those out there who are lost, Father, who the world only judges. And unfortunately, we too as Christians seem, tend to only judge because they don't fit into our little groups or our cliques or whatever else. Father, so forgive us for judging them and for their sins when, you know, we have just as many. And we know that our righteousness isn't because of our own acts. It's not because of our own works. It's not because of anything. But because of your grace that we're saved through faith. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to hear your voice. Teach us how to believe in these end times. That you are going to complete the work that you started in Christ Jesus. If you need prayer, our email address is prayerinternational at gmail.com. And we're going to go into a little bit of worship before time runs out. Um, you can also call us at 619-638-8458. And all...
I wanna burn 